we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe left. I just want somebody to share my life with. Your special someone is out there today. It's up to you to find them. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my Date Lab articles in the Washington Post, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hey, lovers, the summer of love continues this week with a special masterclass episode. I love doing these masterclasses because it gives me a chance to fill you in on the many things that I'm thinking about for you and all of this data that I read about and analyze and synthesize into my programs. I can give you a little sneak peek inside and I can break it down for you so you don't have to go through all the books and all the data. I can just shortcut it for you and give you the learning, the tips and the tools and the techniques that are going to actually help you to get from where you are in love to where you want to be. Now, people think that I'm all about dating apps all the time. And while I really do love dating apps and I met my husband online and it's how most of my clients have met their matches. It's not the only thing. And it's not true that I'm all about dating apps all the time, but it is true that I'm thinking about transformation all the time. And I'm thinking about all of these different ways that we can use our expanded world, as I see it, like technology and just cultural shifts and the way that our world has evolved, I think has created a lot of opportunity for matches and for connection. So I'm passionate about teaching people how to harness that opportunity so it doesn't get wasted and not have a fixed mindset about how your love story is going to go. Like, this is is how I envision it. I want you to have a growth mindset around improving your dating skills. I've talked many times on the show about how dating is a set of learned skills and I also want you to have a growth mindset around experimenting in your love life. I think it's kind of bananas that singles are willing to go on TV and get engaged sight unseen on shows like Love is Blind. And while it's a very entertaining show, actually one of my very favorite shows, I wonder how so many people are open to a social experiment on TV, but they are unwilling to experiment in their own dating life. Hmm? And I'm, I'm not specifically talking about you. I'm just saying in general, for the last 16 years that I have been a dating coach and up to as recently as last week, I have heard the same phrases. I've heard, I want to have a good story to tell my kids. I don't picture myself meeting my person online or this is just not how I imagined my love life would, would go. I pictured myself married with kids by now or what, you know, whatever the story is that we've latched onto about our love story, I hear these these fixed beliefs repeated and repeated and repeated. And you know, when we think about it, we never imagined being able to ask a computer to write our work for us, but yet ChatGPT is here. (laughs) And many people rely on it a lot of the time when it literally didn't even exist this time last year. We never imagined being able to navigate to any location just using a little device that could fit in our pockets. And yet, if you're anything like me, you're using Google Maps basically on a daily basis. 
We never imagined buying concert tickets or booking reservations to restaurants or chatting to our doctor or calling someone in another country for free or selling stocks or hailing a ride with a stranger. Like, just imagine your 10 years ago self and telling them what is going to be commonplace in your life 10 years from now, right? So many things that involve technology and our phones are commonplace today, but they were so foreign just a few years ago. So let's just first open up our dating pool by knowing that we don't know how it's going to happen for us. Your special someone is out there today, but imagine it's like a social experiment. It's up to you to find them or to put yourself in their orbit for them to find you. Can you expand your thinking around how or when or where it will happen? Can you take on the mantra, I am open to finding love anywhere and everywhere? One thing, of course, that we do with our coaching clients is to get really strategic about where and when and how and all of those things. But the foundation of all of my programs, we always begin with mindset and opening up to the possibility that. This someone is out there, and we can't control the method. We can't control the timing, but we can control how we show up to attract that person in and then what we do when they arrive to sort of keep that person in your orbit. So that leads me to the second most important aspect of expanding your dating pool, the type. Do you have a type? When people tell me that they have a physical type, I never really take the first answer and run with it. I like to lean in and get curious. Why? And what is physical attraction anyway? Why would you say you prefer blondes, but then you're like, well, I really have a thing for Tom Cruise? Or why would you say you like thin women, but then fall for that curvy girl you met at a party who was really sweet and made you laugh? It's because our type is a myth. We are conditioned to be drawn to people we view as similar. So this is either people who are similar to us, and studies have shown that we tend to marry those who either look like us or are parents or are just remarkably similar to us. And I'll break down some of the ways that that shows up. Or we're attracted to people who are similar to the people that we've dated before. So I want to tell you a little bit about the familiarity principle, this is something that I go into in depth in my book, F the Fairy Tale, which, by the way, is now available for pre-order. If we're still a little ways from the book being available. But if you're like, I know I need this book, go ahead and look up F the Fairy Tale and get that pre-order going. But I, I talk about the familiarity principle because I believe that understanding the science of attraction is key to understanding why some people pique your interest and others fall outside of your definition of attractiveness. And in social psychology, the familiarity principle shows that humans develop a preference for things to which they are regularly exposed. Let me break that down in like normal human speak. We are attracted to things, to people who are familiar to us. And repeated exposure to certain people or things increases our attraction to them. In research about the familiarity principle, researchers observed that exposure to new and novel stimulus, it initially caused a fear or avoidance response in all organisms. So this is like 
literally every organism throughout the planet, something that is familiar, cool. Something that is new or different, is kind of scary. <laughs> I'm gonna push that away. However, in the research, the more that this organism, let's call it this person, was exposed to the new stimuli, the less it caused a fear or rejection or avoidance response. You following? So I think this is why someone can declare a preference in dating that they can't really art articulate and they don't really understand or that they can make some sort of declaration about what their type is or what they're attracted to, but not necessarily act in alignment with that when it comes to who they actually choose to partner with. We are attracted to particular qualities faces, experiences, mannerisms, and behaviors because we've been regularly exposed to them. And we push away things that we view to be different from what we are familiar with. And like, I'm speaking to the most evolved humans among us. This is something that is hardwired from our biological conditioning. So this is not like a statement on how accepting and open you are. This is just how we are wired to move through the world. And we have to make conscious efforts if we want to shift some of these biologically conditioned responses. And according to OkCupid data, we're actually trending in the right direction. Over half the daters in a recent survey said that they are open to dating someone who's not their traditional type, which is great. Like we're, remember I said we start with mindset. So mentally we are preparing for new and novel stimuli. And it's important to remember that this is in speaking of online dating and like just having a picture to go on. But remember how in person you can be intrigued by many aspects of someone's personality even though we still rely on that traditional type a lot for that first swipe, we may be more open in person. And that may inform your dating strategy of like, mm, if I know that I tend towards the similarity online, maybe I need to weight my dating strategy more to offline methods. Or maybe I need to bring some of my offline methods into the way that I approach online dating. Just think we need to get curious about what our type is anyway. And science shows us that it's not as much about the physical type when we're looking at long-term compatibility as it is about the values. You know, I'm always talking about the values. Uh, there was a study back in, way back in 1971, psychologists studied attraction and came up with something called the similarity attraction theory. And this is actually kind of related to the law of attraction, but I'm not going to get woo-woo today. That's maybe for another episode. The similarity attraction theory, it means that most people feel more comfortable hanging around similar people. People describe this feeling as saying like, you know, this person, they just, they get me. This person just gets me. And this feeling is also described as fitting in. That's why people prefer being with people that they have a lot in common with. When we are around people that agree on similar theories of life and confirm the correctness of these beliefs, <laughs> we, we feel at ease. Humans prefer stability, a stable outlook on life. 
and we have similar people in our lives who share the same feelings and ideas. So there's no second guessing whether we are going to fit in with them or whether the rest of the people we associate with will fit with us. And research also proves that the similarity attraction paradigm, it doesn't end at shared attitudes or behaviors or feelings. People are also attracted to those that physically resemble them, such as physical fitness. According to this research, physically fit people will be more romantically attracted to people who are also fit. There were some other areas of similarity attraction, religion, social habits, socioeconomic standing, levels of intelligence, attitudes, and even vices. So while our dating pools may have grown in the last 50 years since this study, they have gone across countries, across socioeconomic boundaries, across religion, across social habits, and all of these factors. Newer research actually shows that we haven't changed all that much in the last five decades. There was a newer study from the University of Toronto, and participants were asked to describe their levels of what's known by psychologists as the big five personality traits. Have you heard of these? The big five are agreeableness conscientiousness, extroversion, neuroticism, and openness to new experiences. So in the study, participants were asked how much they agreed with statements like, I'm usually modest and reserved. For me, that is like a zero <laughs> out of one to five scale. <laughs> but then they were you know, analyzing these different statements of like, I'm interested in many different kinds of things. I make plans and I carry them out. And so they analyzed all this data and found that people tended to be attracted to and tended to partner with those who were very similar to them on those five, big five personality traits. Here's what's also very cute about this research. Uh, some Additional psychologists looked into the old research and kind of went back to see how people's attractions changed over time and even went back and interviewed exes versus new partners of program participants. And they found that participants' current partners described themselves as very similar to their past partners. And this showed us that people really tended to date someone both similar to themselves and similar to the people who were familiar to them, i.e. their exes. So what do we do with all this, all this research, all this information? Well, the author of the study later told HuffPost in an article, if your type really has been problematic in the past or if you've had a long history of breakups, don't freak out about these findings, she said. Instead, tinker and adjust your type and look for someone who fits your criteria while also possessing healthier traits and habits. So all of this is part of why shared values is one of the most important of the four pillars of long-term compatibility, which I go into in much more detail in F the Fairy Tale. But let's bring it back to our lesson of the day in this masterclass. I want to ask you, what if what you believed about your type actually wasn't true? Looking at your prior relationships, if you were always attracted to the same type and you can recognize that, but it always ended in the same way or more importantly, it always made you feel the same way. Remember, I was talking about that sense of belonging and that sense of comfort and ease. 
I just have to ask you, are your attractions, is your type working for you? Or do you need a strategy to try to shift your attraction? Because when you change your exposures and you let new people in, different people in, you really will change your preferences. Because remember the familiarity principle. The more you're exposed to different stimuli, the more you become comfortable with that stimuli. And so if we change some of those inputs, we might change your outcomes in dating. What if you swipe, not based just on the first physical impression, but who the person is overall, or even how their profile made you feel? Whoa, like what if we swipe based on feeling instead of based on like nice apps? (laughs) Or what if we swiped on what they seem to value based on the little information we have to go on in profiles, right? But what if we were looking for different things to determine whether we were going to swipe or not instead of immediate physical attraction? And then when you meet, what if you suspend judgment just a little longer to get to know people? Or what if you tried to spend less time in what I call the texting trap, sussing out whether someone is worth your time, and you concluded that there is inherent value in each and every interaction. Each date, good or boring, notice I didn't say good or bad, (laughs) each date, good or boring, it teaches you more about what you need and what you connect to. What if you took this season to go along for the ride? You don't have to be the bachelor or a contestant on Love is Blind to experiment with your love life. You can be your own best matchmaker, you can have fun in your dating life, and you can find new connections and discover new things about yourself if you give yourself permission to explore, to break the mold, and to open up to a new type of love. That is your masterclass today on opening up your dating pool. I want you to know that my DMs are also open for your questions anytime. And we do have a very special thing happening right now. We are enrolling in our VIP one-on-one coaching program. This is personalized dating coaching to develop that dating plan and strategy that's going to work specifically for you. And it's working with me and with my VIP coach, Marquise. And we can only open enrollment for this during a few windows out of the year. So the last time we opened enrollment was an entire year ago. And the enrollment window is open now through the end of the month. So if you want to get in for an assessment call with Coach Yogi Marquise, who's my right-hand man in all things dating, coaching, you can do that. Sign up for an assessment call. See if it's right for you. You just go to demonahoffman.com slash VIP program. Yes, there are two Ps. <laughs> Gonna make an OPP joke. <laughs> yes, there are two Ps. There's no O. <laughs> um, we are not down with OPP area. No. But yeah, it's it's demonahoffman.com slash VIP program. We will put the link in the show notes. If you're just curious about it, go ahead and get on Marquise's calendar, do an assessment call, and we can be on the road to getting you to unlearn some of the dating habits maybe that you've developed to help you develop potentially a new type or a new approach to dating and to get you unstuck in love. We will be back again next week with another one of our summer series episodes. 
I'm super excited about this one. This is an interview that I did on the Mark Groves podcast. If you are not listening to the Mark Groves podcast, maybe you've been living under a rock for, I don't know, the last five years or so, but this was a really sweet and special interview. And whenever I talk to Mark, like literally my mind is blown. So I'm excited for you to see what happens when I sit in the interview chair and Mark is asking the questions. That will be out for you next Tuesday. Make sure you are subscribed. DM me your questions anytime at Damona Hoffman. And I hope you're getting out there and enjoying your summer of love. Until next week, I wish you happy dating.